Big game tonight. Wait, who plays tonight? National Championship. Oh, the CFP. I thought you meant like is there hoops tonight or something? It shows you how out of it shows you how not interested I am in the college football playoff. You'll be happy to know Greg Sankey will be there. Oh well. Did you see him? No. Sanctimonious. No. I missed that. Oh, he was really disappointed in the people and their uh, their backlash against volunteers for the playoff committee. And that if the SEC had been left out, they had a statement that was prepared and ready about how they will be go back to work and be ready for the 12 team playoff and how to how to best position no, themselves totally, going forward. I totally missed that. And how that. disappointed he was. I totally missed that. Uh, he was tut tutting Jim Phillips amongst others. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and he will be there tonight because it's the playoff. It's the, it's the national championship. Even though there's not an SEC team there, he will be there. You know what? I respect that. I respect that. He's doing the things that Jim Speaking Phillips Speaking of the grift. <laughs> you know what, though? That's what you have to be. I know. In college football. You do. You have to be a carnival marker if you're going to be about that business, if you're about that life. As we've discovered, Jim Phillips is not about that life. Not or, about or that life. Or if he is, it's, it's in a statement, and it apparently irks Greg Sankey. Because <laughs> they never. I never. Right. And you want to know, and you want to know how they. <laughs> was, and actually, he included Georgia should have been in there, you know, and we didn't make a big deal about it. He's right. Georgia should have been in there. He's absolutely. I love that. I love that about Greg Sankey. <laughs> and you want to know why ESPN coverage is the way that it is? Because yeah, Greg yeah. Sankey has comments like that. Driving the bus. Just saying. Anyway. But yeah, my only interest in the college football playoff tonight is uh, after Michigan wins, how Jim Harbaugh is going to handle all of the NFL questions. It's my only interest in the game tonight. Honestly, that's what it's all about. All right, you ready? I am. Let's do it. OG. 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 Golly. Gosh, OG. Here we go. Let's podcast alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Obvious inside Eford Studios, downtown Raleigh. Thanks to Empire Properties and thanks to Copiers Plus. Check them out online at copiers-plus.com. Come. You've got print management, document management issues. Maybe you look at the bottom line, you're looking over your 2023 budgets and what worked, what didn't work. One way to save money is to have the experts at Copiers Plus handle your print and document management, moving things to the cloud, making sure your print costs just aren't, you know, eating at that budget. So get that assessment today. Go to copiers-plus.com. Joe, are you ready to do an assessment? Of the NFL playoffs. I am. I, I just told you I needed a visual. I got my visual now. Mm -hmm. I am going to start either Bill's therapy or Brown's therapy for their <laughs> divisional round matchup because I could easily make some money off of that. Even here in the triangle, there's enough fans for both teams yeah. just for those here. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about an all-time butt clincher, uh, everybody grabbing a bar and biting down on a belt. I mean, mm -hmm. that's going to be... High, high level of entertainment. All of the crap we've had to sit through for this NFL season will definitely be worth it if we get Browns versus Bills in round two. Jeez. That's one of those. Remember when we gave out beer as like a, oh man, hate it for you Bills fans. Yeah. And then oh. we just, we just, we just handed out. That was a couple out. years ago. That was a couple the years Chiefs ago. lost 14 seconds or whatever yes. the hell it was. So, so now, had, now yeah. they're playing the other woebegone star-crossed franchise mm -hmm. in the Browns. So one of them actually gets to win short of 2024 being the the apocalypse which probably i shouldn't 
speak into existence. Well, I was going to say, don't speak it into existence because the other aspect of the playoffs is we've had a, like we've had this odd referendum on Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers and whether or not Mike Tomlin's a good coach. How much longer is Mike Tomlin going to be the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers? Do they still want him around? You know, how much of a big deal do we want to make about another winning season for Mike Tomlin? They've never had a losing season. Uh, they have a very winnable game at Buffalo. A very winnable game at Buffalo. Such a hater. You're such a Bills hater. I'm not a Bills hater. I'm just telling you what no, I see you out of the Buffalo Bills. I'm actually mad at the Miami Dolphins yesterday <laughs> for having a golden opportunity to take care of business and win the AFC East. Instead, they took what was handed to them by Josh Allen, who decided to be hero ball Josh Allen early in the game. And they only had a 14-7 lead until a special teams mistake leads to uh, being tied up. So I, it's funny. I can already hear you before you start with the Dolphins and what their issues are defense and yes they've had a lot of injuries on the defensive side of the ball they had yet more injuries yesterday on the edge i get all that stuff but the biggest problem for the miami dolphins continues to be even offensive line patchwork aside which i know was brought up on the broadcast yesterday is the i think valid question as to whether or not mike mcdaniel the head coach and tua tunga can find other ways to win Everything's great on script, man. Everything's great on script. But the minute you have to find another way to win a ball game, suddenly things get squirrely. And uh, the Ringer recently did a deep dive on Tua Tungavailoa and his his statistics over the course of the season and even within games. And Tua, who doesn't have a contract extension, by the way, he was one of the, he's one of the last movers on this. And never forget that Mike McDaniel is in that Kyle Shanahan tree of we have a quarterback friendly offense. And if we can make Brock Purdy, quote unquote, elite, who's to say I can't take another quarterback and make him elite. So don't dismiss that when it comes to the future of Tua Tungavailo and the Miami Dolphins or what that contract might look like going forward. The point is that Tua over time cannot break out of the containment scripted awesome teams adjust suddenly they cannot move the ball anymore they cannot put up the massive points and then the most damning indictment on the dolphins is their entire season versus teams at 500 or below this year they are 10 and 1 and have a point differential of plus 196 your favorite stat point differential plus 196 that's that's pretty damn good they're averaging 35.5 points per game in uh 10 and 1 record against losing teams. But, oh, what's this against good teams, winning teams, teams that you're going to see in the playoffs? They are 1-5 this year with a point differential of minus 91. I, I thought for sure you would be excited that we finally get a, uh, even though the Super Bowl didn't shut Don't me up do last it. year. Don't do it, Joe. I thought you would Don't be excited it. that we are going to get the ultimate Julio. You can never bring this up ever again. <sighs> If the Dolphins don't beat the Chiefs why in the first you, round. Why are you doing the, the argument's been it's decided? There. No, the it's, argument's over. No. Joe. It, it continues. Joe, the Chiefs won the Super know, Bowl but, last but year. If if Tariq goes into Arrowhead this week, I know. And beats them. Uh-huh. Or the other way. If it happens the other way, then I'll never be able to say another well, word about it's it. It's gonna be the other way. If the Chiefs win this football game, and I yes. and I have said now for two weeks. The Chiefs have one good half of football left in them, and they're going to do it against one. the Dolphins. It's at home. It's it going to be like 10 on degrees. It is. Nah, dude, it's 10 degrees. It's going to be cold in Kansas City. It's what, I, it's what I was complaining about the Dolphins the entire season. Oh, guys, do you really want to go to Baltimore? 
Look you really this. want to go to Baltimore in the cold? Look at their Do schedule you... down the stretch. They just lost to Baltimore and Buffalo. And like, you're mad. Yeah. Those are really good teams. Those are teams that if you're going to win the and Super da- Bowl. They play Dallas. They poured it out against Dallas to beat Dallas. Yeah, Dallas. That, that was one of those classic Dallas on the road situations. Come on okay. now. Which is, I mean, even the Dallas Cowboys acknowledge what they it's... are on the road versus at home. Dak Prescott was saying, yeah. It's great that we have home field advantage, but, but it ain't that ain't on the it. table though. Right now, we get Tariq against the Chiefs, and if he can't make them pay, then I'll, then I'll shut Dude, up. You should. I'll no, shut no, up. No, 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 no. There's no, there's nothing to shut up about. It's over. It's not it was over. wrapped last it's, year when they won the damn Super Bowl, Joe. You're so lucky. <laughs> well, that's kind of what it is when it comes no, to winning Super Bowls. And you're right. And here's the other thing about the Chiefs. Who's healthy? That's what matters. Who's healthy? Here's the other thing about the the Kansas City Chiefs. They've you. My frustration with the Dolphins has been all season. You have to find good teams, find other ways to win. Yeah, they, the what Chiefs if, definitely do. The Chiefs have found other ways to win. Their defense is excellent. I think we all recognize that. Do we really want to bet against Patrick Mahomes? Not no, really. <laughs> you don't really want to do that. They rested Travis Kelsey as they should. They put the stupid records aside to make sure that he is healthy. And watch, just watch. The wide receivers who've been maligned all season long, Kadarius Tony, who people will absolutely just the, the mere mention of his name. I know there's a better out there that's like, damn you, Kadarius Tony. They're gonna ball out. They're all gonna, they're all gonna have great games. They're gonna be in the AFC Championship game. They're gonna Ooh, be in the AFC Championship. Bold. I don't think that's a bold prediction. Sure it is. It's like it's like saying, oh, AFC, the AFC side like, is definitely tougher than the NFC side. It is tougher, but it's one of those classic situations of like when we were with the New England Patriots a few years ago with Tom Brady and all that stuff. Even their off teams were still good and could find them find their way yeah, in the playoffs. I don't. They had the best coach and the best quarterback. Yeah, I mean, they, you can make the argument that they, they, they have, have that too. They have that too. <laughs> Do they not? <laughs> I mean, come on. Even Bell Belichick has fallen off. So. I think the Chiefs are going to get to the AFC Championship game. I think everybody can't quit the Chiefs, man. You, I, you've had this Chiefs Eagles thing all year. No, no, I was wrong about the Eagles. Okay, I was wrong about the Eagles. I will admit to that. The Eagles have fallen off in a way that I don't think anybody could predict. I mean, I mean, they didn't try this week, dude. But. How do you not try? I mean, you have the. It's not like the division was out of play. Yeah, they lost in the Super Bowl last year at the at the risk of being a broken yeah, record. Yeah, but they were ten and one. I'm just telling you, it is a force bigger than all of nature when you lose in the Super Bowl. I think there's a bigger issue with the with the Eagles that's finally coming home to roost to the fact that well, Hertz is not healthy. Maybe my dislike, you see his finger, by the way? Maybe my, it's entirely possible that my dislike of Matt Patricia bleeds into how I talk about oh, the Eagles. I forgot that they made him a, a cog. He's so calling their defensive plays, right? You're, you lose two key coordinators. Yeah. Yeah. So to your point, Super Bowl hangovers are real. In part because of you can't retain everything. You can't retain yeah. all Staff the things. And the ancillary players. Well, and- when you lose key cogs of what made you successful, both offensive coordinator-wise and defensive coordinator-wise, and you're left to elevate Matt freaking Patricia, who hasn't really done much of anything after leaving the nest of Bill Belichick, well, you've kind of given the game away at yeah. that point. So I think the Eagles are essentially going to be one and done in the playoffs. And we can talk really? about Yeah, they're one and done. Baker Mayfield? Yes. They're Todd one and Bowles? done, dude. They're one and done, dude. Telling you. Come on. Against that Giants team? Against that? The Giants beat the Eagles. Tommy DeVito played football in that game. And I'm not <laughs> getting Tommy Cutlet memes. That's how bad off the Giants are. And you lost to that team? With the with the division still in play, now nah, that tells me you're done. 
it's a it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Maybe Baker Mayfield feel think, a little dangerous, Joe. I just think they knew they couldn't be the number one seed, and they decided we're not going to play this week. Uh, I don't not, not the way they've been. You're going to take Todd Bowles yes. in a playoff game. I don't but taking this week off. What do you have? No, why would you take a week when off? You You've, can't be the number one seed. Doesn't matter. You at least want to go. You you at least want to stop the bleeding. And they some got case. the best draw. Nah. Okay. They're done. I'm not saying they're going to make a run, but they're, they're, they're going to beat Tampa. They're done in my. Uh, they're done in my opinion. Have you? All right. So Buffalo, are you are you coming off your? They're still the most dangerous team to play in the playoffs. I would not want to play them. Okay. I would for sure. I would. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for Josh. Josh, it's starting to leak out a little bit because remember the Bills turned the corner after firing Ken Dorsey. Yep. And Joe, uh, Joe Brady, Panthers legend, the prodigal son. The, he's now calling plays, and they they kind of reined Josh Allen in. Yeah. So they're. It getting, was hey, could you either just take a deep shot or run? Yes. <laughs> and they've been <laughs> or throw running. a screen or and throw they, a screen. And, been, they, and they've been running the ball. Yeah. Right. Cook's mm-hmm. been running the ball. He's had design run plays defense they've been winning on the on the line of scrimmage but it's starting to leak out and i saw it last night against the dolphins and josh allen's gonna have one of these like uh i'm just gonna throw it here sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't i'm not buying it he trusts that arm a little bit too much yeah he does you know it's funny cam newton talks about game changers and he referenced josh allen as a game changer he is a game changer sometimes it's a good game changing Sometimes it's a bad game changing. Such a hater. Yeah, no, you know what? I'll, I'll ultimately be proven right about the Bills when they get knocked out by the Pittsburgh Steelers no. this weekend. Mason Rudolph. Hell yeah, man. Come on. The Mike Tomlin love affair will continue on that one. <laughs> so are we still sticking with Ravens and uh, Niners? Is that what we're um, doing? Unfortunately, I have to stick to my original answer. I hate picking the two number one seeds because it's rare where the two best teams actually it do is, advance. It is rare. It is rare. To the championship game, but I think the two most dangerous teams that are not the number one seeds are the Rams, who are super feisty. We mm-hmm. get Matthew Stafford going back to Detroit. And that, tell me that isn't a uh, culture versus culture <laughs> matchup there, yes. right? You have the, the genius in McVay <laughs> against, uh, you know, clunky McBlocking sled, you know, our guy, Dan Campbell. Like, talk about a clash of coaching cultures. Then you throw in Stafford, you throw in that it's inside on a perfect setting, which mm-hmm. all of these playoff games should be. That's the one to circle, I think. That that Rams Lions matchup is really the one that I'm interested in. And uh, you know, you look at Dallas at home getting a favorable draw. To your point, they did win the division. Mm-hmm. They took care of their business. Now they get a Green Bay team that has no business being in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I expect them to paintbrush the Packers in this game with you on that one as a seven and a half point favorite. And again, they're at home where they've mm-hmm. been excellent this year. Uh, I think their issues come in the next round when it starts to heat up a little bit for them. And my brother, my brother texted me this morning at seven thirty four. He's like laughing because I immediately thought because Dol- this is last night. Cause I had, I, I, I called it a night. He's like dolphins pissing me off. And then he followed it up with, Laughing because I immediately thought if I was dad, I'd blame Emily because she went to bed at half and the Dolphins <laughs> fell apart after she went to bed. I'm like, no, no, the Dolphins are just predictable. The Dolphins are predictable. That's what it is. If you were dad, you would blame the Nene. That, that is true. That is true. You know, the Dolphins haven't won a playoff game since you were born. <laughs> something, something to that. But anyway, it's like, oh, no, they're, they're just so injured. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, yeah, the Dolphins are injured, but it's not. 
it goes beyond the injuries, man. Everybody's hurt, dude. Everybody's hurt at this point. Housekeeping. You love it when Miami Joe comes out, don't you? I do. <laughs> I also love it when you yada 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 injuries. Like those Chubb and Phillips are dudes, man. It's not that I'm yada, dudes. It's not that I'm yada yada this in, is injuries. Like, this is like the guy last year from Buffalo who's hurt. The the, the defensive end. I Same get, thing, man. I, I get that. They fell apart. I am not yada. They had the safety and I am not yada the guy yada. The glasses. Why do why can't I think of his what, name? Von Miller. Von Miller. So thank you. I'm not yada yadaing the injuries. Okay. If the Dolphin, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. If the Dolphins got run by the Bills early because they couldn't stop them, I'm like, yeah, man, all these injuries finally caught up to them. I mean, they're feasting on that stuff. No, it's the offense. The offense is predictable. Mike McDaniel can scheme them up all you want, but once teams adjust, well, Tua has to elevate. Okay. I mean, we've talked about this all season when it comes to game changers and game managers and what do you want to build your team around? And at some point, as much, I'm going to say something nice about Josh Allen. Oh, you ready for this? I am. I'm you ready prepared. for this? I would still rather have somebody like Josh Allen than Tua Tungavailoa. Huh? I would. I would. I would take the the bad of Josh Allen over Tua Tungavailoa because with Josh Allen, I know if I need somebody to elevate. I'm willing to take the risk of like, I know that arm's going to do something. I know he's going to, he's going to do something, something crazy. Like, you know what? Football mode. It's like, uh, it's like jingle up turbo time. Here we go. I'm going to go do this thing. I don't Tua doesn't do. He doesn't do that for me. And I don't want to make it solely about the quarterback. Cause Mike McDaniel has a little bit of that Shanahan in him. Cause remember as much as we love the 49ers, what have the 49ers exactly done? With everything around all them. the parts. Oh, they got very, all the parts. Very similar. All yes. the parts. But then when the game gets tight, what happens? McCaffrey and Kittle. So yep. anyway, those, those, those are things to, to keep an eye on. Speaking of football matchups, Tecmo Bowl. Yeah, let's do this. Tecmo Bowl matchups are very, very crucial. Oh, you think you're going to beat me because you're playing with the Oilers? Yeah, that's great. I'm the Chicago Bears. I got Mike Singletary. I'm going to blow things up. It's all about those matchups. It's like Tecmo Super Bowl is the greatest game of rock, paper, scissors ever created. And we are going to be doing a Tecmo Super Bowl tournament on February 4th at Shady's. If you want to participate, shoot us an email, theogoesdigital at gmail.com. Uh, there is a cash entry because there are cash prizes. 25 bucks, piece of cake. We'll have drinks. We'll have food. We'll take care of you. It'll be plenty worth your time. Come hang out with us. It's a Sunday in da- beautiful downtown Garner. Big thanks to everybody who voted us for the WRAL Voter's Choice podcast. Best podcast, Joe. Mm. salute to everybody we appreciate that and salute to matt davis over at state farm check him out online at suregarner.com theoginsurance.com or call him directly at 919-779-8277 yeah speaking of saving money easiest way to do it think about the things that you spend the most money on well yeah your mortgage well yeah insurance so do yourself a favor figure out how you can save some money give matt a call or go to theoginsurance.com also, big thanks to Homefield. I'm actually rocking the Homefield shirt I today. I see that. That I is got my the... favorite, and I'm still confused over how they were the 74 and 75 <laughs> champions, but I'm going to get over it at some point. Got that Wake Forest Big Four shirt. I wore it for a reason, which we'll get into next. But if you want to buy a shirt like this, head on over to homefieldapparel.com. Use that promo code OG23 to save 15% off your order. And the reason why I'm wearing the Big Four t-shirt today from Homefield is because the Big Four is 
back, baby. Look at the top of the ACC basketball standings, Joe. What do you see? What do you see? Show me what you tell me what you see. Speaking of the apocalypse, <laughs> <laughs> we have North Carolina, NC State, Wake Forest, Duke, all atop the ACC standings right now. UNC 3 0 in conference for the first time since 15 16. NC State is 3-0 for the first time in conference since 12-13. And Wake Forest on a nine-game winning streak, which has, have, hasn't happened since 08-09, also 3-0 for the first time since 08-09. You got Duke at 2-1, and one, uh, and we can spend some time on Duke a little bit later on. But right now, everything is right in the world, Joe. You were wondering if Clemson beats Carolina, if Clemson goes on to win the ACC regular season, maybe then we the know ACC, it's over. It's a wrap, but no. <laughs> The big four, that last gasp of breath for the ACC, they're showing, you know what? If this is the last year, we're going to go out with a bang in basketball. Let's go. Yeah, you want to start with the Tar Heels? Yeah, let's start with the Tar Heels because our friend J.C. Zemble over at Wolfpack Central, who I sat next to at the NC State-Virginia game, was beside himself for all the love that UNC was getting after they went to Clemson and won with their defense. I was going to say, we... we had questions early in the season about UNC, even when they were winning yep. the Tennessee game, notably. Oh, they gave up 92 points. Now, Tennessee's fairly accomplished, and mm-hmm. a lot of that happened in the second half. To hold Clemson, though, to 55 points in that game on the road where Clemson has been very a very tough out at Little John Coliseum. Dude, Clemson, Clemson didn't score a single point in the last five minutes. It's impressive and in big part because, like I said, the Pittsburgh trip was, okay, we're, we're a different team. That was their true reset. Now, all the Caleb Love stuff is gone. All yeah. of the number one team in the country missing the NCAA tournament and stuff is gone. You could talk about that in the offseason, but until you actually go through that first fire, which, again, you might think of it, oh, Pitt, Gilio, shut up. Pitt's, no, Pitt's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Truth of the matter is, Pitt plays a certain style, and Pitt challenges them in a way that other teams haven't. So for them to get out of there and then have a tough, difficult road trip, which Clemson is, even though... There's always going to be a chunk of Carolina fans, no matter where they play. Yeah, um, it's impressive, and to win the way that they did is impressive. And I happen to agree with a certain former coach from North Carolina who texted me before the big game when he mm-hmm. said, "I think UNC is going to win the ACC this year." And I said, "I said, all right, well, it's fairly bold, um, considering what's happening right, like as we speak." But yeah, I they're about to reel them off, man. That's that's the thing. Thank you for bringing that up because when you look at North Carolina's schedule starting. Sandwiched between the state game and the Duke game on February 3rd, they go through a very favorable portion of their schedule and they should be rolling. They got home games against Syracuse, Louisville, and Wake. Wake is hot. I get that. And they got road games. Again, this is where the beneficial part comes in. Boston College, Florida State, and Georgia Tech. So the heels should be rolling in what should be a difficult stretch against the Devils, Clemson again, and then they got Miami. Uh, and you know how I feel about Miami. Get Miami twice. Miami seemingly has their number. Wake will be a difficult. They only see Wake once. Mm-hmm. It's in Chapel Hill, but that's going to be a tough game. It's mm-hmm. a Monday game. Um, that's going to be a tough game. At Wake matches up with them. Efton Reed, it gives sure. a little size. Size bothers Baycott. Yeah, and they, their guards cool. are excellent. Like Wake is, you know, who doesn't bother Baycott? PJ Hall. Sure. sure. Uh, <laughs> or is it uh, Brian Ives over at the ACC Network pointing out in that in four games? Uh, between PJ Hall and Armando, Armando Baycott, Baycott has out rebounded Hall forty to eleven. They've only played four times. They've both been in college for a hundred. I know they've only apparently played four times. Yeah, you, right. Uh, in those, I get uh, a little irrational when it comes to some of that because Baycott's playing in his fifth year. Yes, actual full fifth year. This isn't like somebody who redshirted and played in like one game. Mm-hmm. 
And like they keep showing like where he ranks in like the career stats in North Carolina. And I'm like, this does bother you. I'm like, and I, I had the same issues with Emeka Mezzi at NC State in his receiving records, mm -hmm. stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, but he's playing five full years of Kenny Pickett and Pitt. Like, mm -hmm. I, I, I have a hard time with this. Like, it's, there's there's nothing wrong with saying Armando Baycott is one of the best players in the history of North Carolina basketball. Oh, I mean, that, that covers a lot of ground. Well, it's interesting. But you, you shouldn't use the statistics yeah. of a full extra season. Yeah. Because it throws everything off. Yeah. Yeah. It, it throws everything off. I'm not. I'm not I'm not dismissing that that aspect of it. But what's interesting about Armando Baycott is that as it stands, for as long as he's been there and the stats that he's accumulated, he might actually he might not have a jersey in the rafters. Yeah, I don't know the all the requirements off the top of my head, but well, you I mean gotta, you gotta you gotta like win, you know, outstanding player in a final four. That's one of them, but okay. You got consensus all American. You got to be a you got to be a consensus all American, which he has not been. He could be this year. He could be. I could see that happening. This I year. think it's first and second team too, uh, in terms of getting your your jersey okay. up there. So there's a I, I'd have to pull ACC it up. ACC Player of the Year. I would I would assume is also one of the. He's not. Okay. He hasn't been ACC Player of the Year. Okay. So, but when you actually start to think about the Armando Baycott, he, he's not the best player arc. on this team, by the way. He's not. Okay. He's not. But Just make sure but, we're on the same page. But Baycott, at least in this game against Clemson, and what we've seen so far in North Carolina's turnaround this year is that Baycott's being Baycott. You like to call him the yeah. garbage man. Yeah, yeah. He's in racking the best up, possible way. He is racking up rebounds as he should. It's it's what North Carolina basketball's. You know, what do we know about North Carolina basketball? But. Yeah, 16 rebounds in this game. So again, but about the career arc, Hubert Davis talked about this after the game in that, you know, all the jokes about Baycott and how long he's been there. He's done. This is it. You know, there's no more college ball for Baycott. Hope. You'd think. <laughs> Although if you're Armando Baycott, I mean, life's pretty good. You got your NIL. I mean, who's to say that? <laughs> I mean, is he an NBA player? I don't know. I don't think he is. But you know, what would you rather do? Would you rather kind no. of toil around the G League or would no. you rather do this? Right. So oh, absolutely. Don't blame him so for Davis, taking advantage of the rules that were presented to him. Davis brought this up in that, you know, Baycott has a sense of urgency because this is it. And if you're about legacy, if you're about you know, establishing yourself as one of the best to oh, do it. Yeah, Carolina, there's only one way to do there's that. There's only Carolina. one way to do yeah. it. And that gets back to this referendum on games and looking to see if Carolina is back, which gets back to the fun argument I had with JC during that game uh, at the NC State Virginia game. The people who want to dismiss the pit win, I question, because North Carolina the last couple of years, the last two years, that pit game, was a game in which their toughness was questioned and called openly out, <laughs> called out explicitly yes. by Pitt. All right. And there's another, you mentioned that Wake Forest game and we referenced it last week. Wake Forest is another game to circle to see where North Carolina is because remember Hubert Davis, what was it last year? Two years ago. It was two years the ago. The actual year they went to the final four. Before they turned things around, yeah. straight up said. They have better players. They're than better do. than us right now. Yeah. They're better players than us right now, which is like, wow, okay. So I think what's going on with North Carolina under Hubert Davis specifically is you've seen all you've seen out of them is a hot streak and more data suggested that this team just couldn't find itself outside of that hot streak. So now you're oh, looking for year. signs. Yeah. Now you're looking for signs. Okay. Are you really turning a corner? Are you really something? The pick game was the first one followed up by that Clemson game and the way they went about winning it. Not that North Carolina hasn't had great defensive teams in the past. They have. That's how they've won national championships. But 
you like gets back to my conversation about the NFL. Good teams find different ways to win. That's kind of why I usually give Duke a little bit of a pass to transition away from North Carolina to Duke struggling against Notre Dame on the road and Kyle Filipowski continue to kind of struggle through it. But as I said, hey, if you can win without your fastball, that's a good thing. That's a good sign. If you see other players emerging and understanding what they need to do, like Mark Mitchell, Mark Mitchell back-to-back hello. games, Jared McCain, hello. where he's stepping it up, those are all good things going forward for Duke. And that also that ultimately gets us to NC State. Was it a pretty game against Virginia? No. Was their previous win pretty against Notre Dame? No, they shot 28.8%. Not that the pretty doesn't matter. But are you finding ways to get the buckets you need at the end? Are you making defensive plays that can then turn around and put you in an opportunity to win? And that's what NC State did against Virginia. Slog of a game to start. That's what you typically expect when you take on the Cavaliers. And I know that uh, Kevin Keats talked about it out of the game. The biggest, the biggest red flag for Virginia in watching this game was, man, State's got guys. Yes. State, State, State has a, a collection of guys. And, and Kevin Keats talked about it after the game. Depth won that game for us. And I'm watching Virginia. I'm going, okay, you got Reese Beekman. What else? Yeah. What, what else we got going on here? And they took advantage of Virginia that. is the big loser in the NIL transfer portal era. Yeah. Not that they haven't had transfers perform well for them in the past. Anthony Gill, one of my favorite. If Actually, he is my favorite Virginia player of all time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's be real here okay. <laughs> I actually liked somebody from Virginia hey, what do you um, they're, they're, they're big losers in this they were they were contending and winning national championships and now they're um, they're not to belabor the point their roster is very limited mm-hmm. I, I thought what was good for NC State now one of the best assessments I've ever heard about NC State was from my friend Torin Doran over the summer mm-hmm. when he you know he'd been working with Kevin uh, he's now working for the Utah Jazz's um organization and i saw him we were downtown we were parking uh, speaking of which they pay for parking i, I just did. um and i said hey what, what, what do you think of this group because i i don't he's got to see him in practice and doing all those things he's like you know last year we had two a level acc players mm-hmm. in jarkel joiner and interquavion smith he goes i think there's more good players on this team but we don't have two a level guys and our best player is probably a b and I said, okay. He's like, but we have a whole bunch of B's and C's. Whereas last year, I felt like we had two A's, a couple of C's, a mm-hmm. couple of D's. Sure, sure. You know, sure. he's like, we got a bunch of B's and C's. And he's like, and that's going to be good some games. This was an example of one of those games. Uh, the person I was truly impressed with in this game was Middlebrooks and, and Rice. I thought those two guys came in. Rice was the best athlete on the floor if Dennis Parker wasn't, right? They was like, oh, well, look at NC State. They're a whole lot more athletic than you are. And those guys are making plays and Mm -hmm. taking advantage of the opportunities that they had. So you look at all the balance in this game, Parker, Taylor, Horn, again, Middlebrooks to me, Kevin's doing a very good job with Middlebrooks and Burns and Diara. Diara, not as much in this game. Diara was really important in the Notre Dame Dame win. Um, It's just a balanced kind of across the board. Take a little bit of the turn. You brother-in-law that thing. You ham and egg it. You make it work. And now is that going to work against Carolina on Wednesday? My guess would be probably not. No. Is that going to work, you know, with wake? I I could see them splitting with wake, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, those are big games. Those are really, really big games for them. 
Um, but I, I don't think there's a monster. While, while you and I are, are very complimentary of Carolina, mm-hmm. I don't see Carolina as a Final Four team. No. So I don't. You know, there's this isn't this isn't 2019 where you had three monsters in the ACC and State couldn't get over on any of them. I think there will be nights where they're at home and they look good and you see everybody and everybody's contributing and helping and doing a little bit of something where it's going to work for them. And then there's going to be there's going to be games where they're probably overmatched and you go, well, that's where a you know, not having a dark hill, not having a Turk really kind of hurts you. You know, it's interesting you bring this up about North Carolina. I expect North Carolina to beat NC State on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, will Roy go to that game? I mean, he hasn't Roy's, been to Roy. He hasn't been to Raleigh as a fan. Yet, so Roy's got to go to a time. Game. Roy's got to go to a game it's at PNC. Time. I mean, you want to hit him up, see if he wants to join us. You can set. Up, he can set up. He can set up in the, in the oh, yeah. on the fifth floor with us. Nobody will bother him. <laughs> how, about, how about we just get his seats? <laughs> Let's do it that way. <laughs> that'll that'll work. But no, I I think you should text Roy Williams see if he just wants to join us up at the fifth floor PNC Arena. Nobody's going to bother him. Nobody would know. So it's all good. You know, he's just not gonna have to worry about that. Actually, I think most NC State fans would. I, you know how I feel about this. Yes. I think at the end of the day, most State fans appreciate Roy Williams because he gave. He a cared. Game. He cared about <laughs> NC State, right? And that obviously will carry itself over on Wednesday between the Wolfpack and the Tar Heels. You mentioned it at the start of when we talked about Carolina. You, you mentioned the Tennessee game because I had jotted that down too. It's like it's great that they beat them 192, and I remember saying and having that conversation. Awesome, but you're not going to be playing a lot of these games in the 80s and the 90s. You're just not. And teams are going to try to muck it up, which is exactly what Clemson tried to do. Uh, It's exactly what Pitt tried to do the week before. How are you going to fight through that? They've shown you twice over they're able to fight through that that sort of stuff. The reason why I brought up Tennessee is because they followed that up with losses to UConn and Kentucky. And both you and I were of the opinion, yeah, man, it's all in how you view this team versus that team. I think with UConn, Hey, man, that's a team that can go out there and win it again. Yeah, right? you're talking about two of the most talented teams in the country. Kentucky's got straight talent. Yes. Right. Like that that aspect of it. Now, what do we know about the NCAA tournament? Matchups matter? They do. Little luck matters. It does. And based on what I've seen out of the Tar Heels source so far, do I think, the, think of them as a Final Four contender right now? Not necessarily. But let's see how the rest of the year plays out. Let's see how Elliot Cadeau gets out of a freshman slump. See where the confidence goes, too, because, like I said, they're about to reel off a couple here. They are. They are. So Seth Tremble, by the way, has done an amazing job mm-hmm. off the bench, playing really well, stepping up. We saw that in the pick game. We saw it in this game against Clemson. And Cadeau has hit a freshman wall. I think we can finally admit that, hey, all right, things are – he's fighting through it right now. Yeah. And he's got to find his shot. If they're going to go next level, he – What as, a luxury. As much – true. As much as I praise him for not turning the ball over, making plays, you're not asking him to shoot – at some point, he does have to find a shot. Yeah, he can't be Stillman White. Right. Yeah. Uh, he's too talented for that. So, to your point, it is a nice luxury to have that you can weather this with a freshman and see where he is as the season goes on, and that can truly unlock some things for the Tar Heels. And maybe we have a different conversation about them uh, as we get into February and March. But, hey, man, big four doing the thing. I like it. I can. Where, where is it? I can, feel it, it. In my, I can feel it in my plums, Joe. I can feel it. Down in my plums. There. Victory? There. You used it? I used it just for you. Hey, and every time we talk about ACC basketball, wings over. Wings over Raleigh, Chapel Hill, Greenville. Hit up the wings over Greenville yesterday. Nice. When I was in Greenville. Yeah, man. Got to. Easiest parking on the planet right there, right across from uh, Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. 
They make it easy in Raleigh too, right there on Hillsborough Street, across from UT. Order online, wingsover.com. As everyone who has tried them says, you're not kidding when you say these are meaty. <laughs> you're not kidding when you say these are delicious. No, we're not kidding. We're not, we're not kidding. Don't take my word for it. Do take go take advantage. Go over there yourself. Wings over Raleigh. Wingsover.com. Order online. Our Brian Malley does such a great job. Uh, bummer. I can't pull up the uh, I can't pull up the tweet. I had some we had some listeners that went to this week. Yeah, yeah they, were, they were they were pumped. And they were pumped up to, to try the stuff. And I know that um Woj was like, but mom and dad don't like it. <laughs> when you don't get the the sweet chili, come on now, go oh, do f- that. Yeah, go do that. I, I feel that way when the when the hot lemon pepper isn't uh, isn't purchased. Big thanks to Hometown Realty for sponsoring Ovias and Gilio. I don't know if you pay attention to these types of things, so maybe we're telling you something you weren't aware of. But rates are coming down, Joe. They are. We are we we are at historic highs, making things difficult uh, to sell a house, buy a house, refinance. But rates are coming down, and you might find yourself wanting to take advantage of that. And that's where Hometown Realty can help you out. Yeah. When the rates come down, that's when the frenzy starts. There's a buyer frenzy. So beat that frenzy. Go to HTR, myhtr.com and get a little head start because you can buy, you can sell. You can calculate, but the timing is what's important. And you need HDR to help you. Real is simple when you go there. MyHDR.com, you'll see it. Buy, sell, and now, of course, calculate. Also, big thanks to Whitaker and Hamer for sponsoring Ovias and Gilio. Uh, they're also going to be helping us out with that Tecmo Super Bowl tournament. Check them out, wh.lawyer. You go buy a house? Cool. You got to take it to closing? No. You know who can do that? Whitaker and Hamer can do that. You've got a traffic violation? Because you went to Greenville and got popped for a ticket. Not this time, though, Joe. No, not this no, time. No. But just in case. Don't jinx me. I haven't got one yet. Go just in case. Well, you know what you can do? You can use Whitaker and Hamer. Uh, Check them out. WH.lawyer. And I will congratulate our friends over at Whitaker and Hamer for winning top law firm on a certain media company's <laughs> awards. So congratulations on the voter's choice for Whitaker and Hamer. Look, some of us get uh, sheet cake. Some of us don't. So I'm going to go ahead and enjoy uh, winning that one. Okay. All right. So a little bit of breaking news. We've got Scott Fitterer out as general manager of the Carolina Panthers. I saw this show up on my, if my phone wants to cooperate, I can actually pull this up on my, on my phone as it is Black Monday in the NFL and people are going to be letting, starting to get let go and all that fun stuff. Uh, but yeah, this is from David Newton over at ESPN. General Manager Scott Fitter fired, leading Assistant General Manager Dan Morgan in charge of the day-to-day operations for the time being. There is a push. I was talking to some Panthers folks about this. There is a push for Dan Morgan to be the next General Manager okay. of the Carolina Panthers. And I mean, look, we can get into the merits of whether or not Dan Morgan is uh, it would be a good idea as the as a general manager of the Carolina Panthers, but I think ultimately it comes down to well, who's your coach going to be? I think it'll 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 signify what kind of coach the Panthers are going for, like the Jim Harbaugh. If 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 there's a GM hiring before a coach, or these things kind of come together, I, I think this is all very important with the kind of coach they're going to try to get next, because you and I have talked about this. In the next logical step for the David Tepper growth trajectory as an owner, he needs to yeah. 
All right, I got the hot young shot, the the, the hot shot in Matt Rule, overpaid. Nah, needed to be fired. Moving on. All right, I'm going to get adults in the room, football guys. Okay, well, the, I picked the wrong ones. Now I just need to give it all to somebody to do. And I'll be fair to Scott Fritterer. I don't think he made any of those choices when Matt Rule was the coach. I, I thought Matt Rule was the one really pushing the buttons and pulling the levers yeah. on their roster decisions. I don't really know what he did this past year with Frank Reich. Like, I think that was more of a David Tepper, you know, let's go trade for Bryce Young. Let's go get Bryce Young. I think that was him. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in fairness to him, I'm not sure he ever really had the final say or, or or it was his choice, what was going on over there. But obviously the decisions that were made while he was the general manager were not good enough. And the failure at the top of the draft for the last four years has been evident for the Carolina Panthers. All you have to do is look at what the Houston Texans did this year. And I, I tweeted this and people were like, oh, people were like a little bit rankled. I wasn't reducing it to CJ Stroud versus Bryce Young. Yeah, well, it was in 18 of the last 20 years, a team has gone from worse than its division to first, mm-hmm. which the Texans now become 19 and 21 years. Yeah, they, they've made other smart moves. Please don't get me wrong. But Joe, I remember distinctly you and I being on the air talking to Bamani Jones, Houston native, and talking about, hey, does anybody really want to play for this, you know, overtly racist owner? Does anybody want to work for this owner? Because Mm -hmm. Deshaun Watson didn't want to play for them. And the coach, you know, they fired Bill O'Brien and and they kept running through one and done coaches and people not realizing in the NFL, it doesn't take that much. And stop with Nico Collins and Tank Dell. They're not the they're not the Marx brothers. They're mm-hmm. not Jerry Rice and John Taylor. They're good players. And you can find good players in the draft, but you have to be smart enough to go and get them. And also you have to make the right move at the top of the draft, which they obviously did in in, in CJ Stroud and Bryce and uh Will Anderson. But it's not that far off for the Panthers, I guess is what my my point is here. So here's the because people are like pushing back, like, oh, it's Tepper, it's Tepper, it's Tepper. And and I apologize. I I can't remember the the racist owner's name down in Houston, but it's like, Mm -hmm. really, guys? Do you really? And maybe it's because he's gone away. (laughs) Maybe he's just said, fine, let somebody else handle this thing. But it's like, what are we talking about here? Do you really think David Tepper's holding the Panthers back that much? You're thinking of Bob McNair. And the reason reason why you're bringing up Bob McNair is because during negotiations with the collective bargaining agreement uh, when it comes to matters of, you know, putting the fighting injustices and racism and things like that. Bob McNair has had some very problematic quotes uh, that have been out there. So yes, um, that, that is why you keep bringing that up. So here's the, here's the issue with the Carolina Panthers and why there isn't a lot of optimism. And yes, David Tepper is a big reason why there's not a lot of optimism because nobody trusts that that guy is going to stay out of the way. I mean, it's as simple as that. And the, the Dan Snyder analogy keeps coming up. And I understand why there is an instinctive reaction to that and saying, well, let's not get too crazy. Now, let's let's remember Dan Snyder here for, for a hot minute. Because we remember the Before end. his flaws, you're saying. What I'm saying about Dan Snyder... Before he got out the paint, because he had to get out of the paint. Mm-hmm. All right. Because I was listening to um before he was spying on cheerleaders and I was listening to I was <laughs> I was listening to Wes and uh Wes and Walker uh out on WFNZ the other day. And 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 Walker Walker Mel was making a very, very good point about like, look, let's not make David Tepper 
exactly Dan Snyder because David Tepper hasn't done any of these things from taking money off the top from other owners. Remember that? Sure. Which I mean, that to me was the thing that like, oh, you could do all the, oh, you want to spy on cheerleaders? Fine. You want to keep this racist name? Fine. Wait, did you take money out of my pocket? Oh, hell no. We can't have this, man. That's what owners ultimately care about. But yes, you brought up the workplace misconduct and, and just being a bad place to work. I get all those things. But before all that happened, there were many iterations of Dan Snyder who loved this team so much and I wanted to be a real football boy getting in the way and making sure he had the right yes men around him. Last week, when everybody was losing their minds over the water toss, it was coming out that, yeah, the problem that David Tepper has is that anybody that would have told David Tepper no, anybody that would have told David Tepper, hey, man, Maybe we need to do things a little bit differently. Maybe this is something that you should not be involved in. They're all gone. They all left. Either he fired them or they left on their own. And that's where the Dan Snyder analogy comes in. They can say all the right things. I'm a patient man. I'm going to stay out of the way. I'm going to let my football people do things. But you can't help yourself. You can't help yourself. And the greatest accomplishment David Tepper has managed to pull off in owning this team has actually been not messy coming to Charlotte not bringing music to Charlotte. It's the fact that people in Charlotte are going, you know all those bad things we said about Michael Jordan? Mm. And maybe he wasn't good at being the owner of the Hornets. Maybe he was a little cheap, but he wasn't incompetent. That's, that's a problem. And the Panthers have hit a point where it is more than being two years away from being two years away. Because what do we know about this area? And we've seen it with the Carolina Hurricanes. When you hit a rock bottom, oh, people tune out. They are done with you. Yeah. And it takes not just one year, not just two years. It takes a couple of years of sustained winning to bring people back in the fold. Now, I think the NFL is different than I, NHL. not in that not in that town, dude. Not in Charlotte. Not in Charlotte. You don't think if they start five and zero, oh, nope. people won't be running back there? No, they won't. I they do. won't. I do. I. I disagree yeah. because I think ultimately they're going to associate all this stuff with David Tepper and David Tepper is going to do something that keeps people away. They might get more people in the building, you know, but who's to say they're actual Panthers fans. You just could have a, you well, just that was get, this year. You could just, well, that's been every year, dude. <laughs> that's, that's the thing about Panthers games. I know you've been to a handful of Panthers games. Yeah. Panthers games are where over the last five or so years, Panthers games have become what I used to associate expansion era teams and how people started coming to games when I was young and the Miami heat were an expansion team. I went to games so I could see Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, Shaq, et cetera. I wasn't there to watch Ronnie cycling. I mean, let's be, let's be real. Although shout out to bimbo Coles. But my point is you went because you wanted to see Look at all those ACC legends you're naming, right? <laughs> Where'd Harold minor go to college? USC. He was a, okay. That's a baby Jordan. That's a big 10. That's a big 10 legend. So, the same thing with the Panthers, the the, yeah. the Florida Panthers. I went because I'm oh. like, oh, I get to go see Mario Lemieux. I get to see Wayne Gretzky. All right, cool. The Panthers should be beyond that. That's a that is a mature franchise. Right. You've been to two Super Bowls. You had a culture, by the way. You had one, and with Cam Newton and Greg Olson, thieves, all that stuff. You had a culture that you could not be. Fast, like you were so giddy to get rid of all your culture. And now you're left with a petulant owner that nobody wants to associate with. 
And the Panthers have found themselves back in the franchise, uh, franchise expansion mode where I'm going to these games because I want to see another team. Yeah. I mean, didn't you do that? You went because you wanted to go see Tom Brady. Yeah. 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 I mean, I did it because I wanted to go see Philip Rivers one time. I wanted to see Russell Wilson <laughs> one time. So that's where the Panthers are right now. And I don't see this being turned around any, any, you know, quicker because here's the other thing. We know the draft order. <laughs> <laughs> I think they have $37 million in cap room as well. They do. They get like so, 21 free agents or something like that. Something yeah. crazy like that. So hopefully they can, like I said, it doesn't take that much. We'll see, man. We'll see. Uh, I did want to bring this up from Mike K, our friend over at the Charlotte Observer, uh, when he talked about the internal support for assistant general manager Dan Morgan as the Panthers head into another offseason of unknowns. Why that support isn't Surprising, Morgan has helped lead the personnel department that has been reconstructed over the past three years. He was part of a group that made a decision to go get number one and part of the scouting process in IDing Young as the guy, belief in the QB from an exec standpoint. He's also had a longstanding relationship with the organization as a former Pro Bowl player in Carolina. Something I thought was interesting at the time, likely coincidence, they had Morgan bang the drum, the keep pounding drum in week 11. They were one and eight. He was a member of the front office before the loss to the Cowboys. That was eight days before Frank Reich was fired. So this gets to my ultimate point when it comes to Carolina Panthers and Dan Morgan and why it might actually make sense if he ends up getting the job for all the reasons that Mike K laid out. When you Not sure IDing Bryce Young is a positive. But. Well, okay. That's I actually had that jotted down to get to where we are next on the Carolina Panthers. To but to wrap my point on Dan Morgan. When organizations hit a rock bottom like this, the easiest thing to do is to go in, into your past and go bring a guy that everybody loves. Sure. All right? Rod Brendamore. Perfect example. Hey, yep. remember, Rod Francis was a GM for a bit. Of course, you saw how that played out. Regardless, that's an easy play about Bryce Young. I'm still convinced that we don't know squad about Bryce Young because when you get... The Panthers went like 340-some-odd games straight without ever getting shut out. And they did it in two weeks, two weeks in a row, they got shut out. And so it's a, just a comedy of errors. Any good plays yesterday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were negated by dumb mistakes, like a procedural penalty. Or, I'm sorry, it was a uh, it was a, a penalty in the line of scrimmage. It was an illegal formation or whatever it was for, uh, for Marshall. And then, of course, there was the fumble out of the end zone. <laughs> so anything that positive could have happened ended up being brought back. And we've seen this time and time again for Bryce Young. So any positive plays that get brought back, eventually the dam breaks, the offensive line, which has been a mess all season, eventually exposes Bryce Young, which we saw again play out against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I cannot sit here and tell you and anybody telling you definitively what they see in Bryce Young, yay or nay. Sure. Because the team was so bad, so bad on multiple levels that you cannot make a proper assessment with the exception of one. There's one thing I can say definitively about Bryce Young that's been impressive. The one thing where he's proven the haters wrong, Joe, do you know what that is? He's healthy for all but one week. I would say he was even healthy that week. Probably. He was benched for an ankle injury. That dude was benched in week three. Let's be real. Now that we look back on it, one of the bigger concerns for Bryce Young was durability. Yeah. Here's this slight figured guy. And he's going to be Smallish, in, yeah. in front of a, you know, where everybody talks about how the game looks too big for him, like literally and figuratively. And there was a concern that at the NFL level with a bad offensive line, he was going to, you know, 
take him out of the game. You, you know, he's going to get hurt. You're just hurting him. He's going to blah, 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 blah. He proved to be durable. He proved to be durable. And this is important. This is important because in a year, a season where seemingly every week a quarterback was Ooh. getting hurt. Anthony Richardson, CJ Stroud, both missed games. Trevor Lawrence has yeah. been dealing with it too. Okay. Yeah. Everybody's been dealing with something and he didn't. Uh, and in front of that line that left him exposed and he took a lot of hits this year. Sac I would the second most in the NFL this year. I would say that that's the one positive. The one thing that Bryce Young proved the haters wrong on now, can you keep this up? Of course, it's a cumulative effect, but I'm just saying. Yeah, Joe, I'm just trying to look for the bright side. No, here. no, no, it's a good one. I'm just, I'm just looking for the bright side, dude. It's a good one. But you, you're, you're not sold on Bryce Young. You've never been sold on I, Bryce Young. Just one, one is hard. Yeah, like being one, one is hard. It is in, in that situation. I, I have actually been listening to Cam Newton, seeing some of his clips, and mm -hmm. he's super encouraged about the way that he fights and the way that it, you could. He's like, you can tell that he cares. He's like, and you have to care. Yes, it's like that's the first step. <laughs> it's like, but mm -hmm. you know, I, I think. He's kind of angling for the Panthers to hire him to work with him. Well, based on how he did, you see the clip of him calling out uh, David Tepper for the water toss? Yeah, yeah, he's never got a job. Yeah. Big thanks to Breeze Through for sponsoring Ovias and Julio. Check them out across North Carolina loca locations across the triangle. I actually, had a listener email us saying, "Look, I only get my gas at Breeze Through now." Like, That's awesome. Like, I'm just like, what, what else can I do to support you guys? I've bought t-shirts. I get my gas from breeze through X, Y, Z. Like, no, I'm just you're doing, doing it. it. Yeah. You're doing exactly what we need to keep this thing I mean, going. You so get your that. gas there. I get my coffee there. If you like beer, the one on Trinity for sure. Gas if, station if you, beers, man. If you want to feel super fancy and go to the one on the uh, high house, mm -hmm. you, you're on it. Gas station beers are where it's at. Also, big thanks to the butcher's market for sponsoring Ovis and Jillio. New location, Lake Boone Shopping Center. Um, they've got great prepared meals. I cannot stress this enough. Week gets busy. You're running all over the place. Maybe you got kid practice, kids in band. You got a meeting. You don't have time to cook. Don't sweat it because Butcher's Market has prepared meals for you. Yeah, they got sandwiches too. The best sandwiches going. So go check them out. Get the steak sandwich. Again, we, we don't lie to you when it comes to food recommendations. We're moving on. So who you got tonight? I I have to keep going with my first answer. I am a little bit worried, though, that panics, the big panics energy, mm -hmm. as uh, my son James is reminding me, has only, has played Michigan once in his career yeah. when he was at Indiana and put it on them, yeah. played well against them. So I expect his confidence to be high tonight in this game, it's particularly after the way that he played against Texas. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm happy that he was able to get some of the flowers that were coming his way. Um. You know, it's going to come down to can Michigan control the line of scrimmage the way that they did against Alabama? I, I think they should be able to. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it's hard to bet against the two NFL receivers and the uh, the quarterback. I, I have a futures ticket on Michigan, but I would probably be inclined to take those points tonight. Where's Connor Stallion's going to be? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I need him there tonight. He should be, right? Or he, maybe he's in disguise. Maybe him and Bobby Valentine. Right? I mean, uh, Connor knows how to get tickets. He does. We know that. You know he's got the connect. The Marine. He doesn't need to go on StubHub. That, no. dude, that dude's got connects. Oh, he's stupid that way. But yeah. Actually, yeah. No, he actually did use StubHub at some point in time. Um, so I think that Michigan 
I think Michigan dodged a bullet. I, first of all, I forgot this game was in Houston. Yeah. And they, I think they dodged one by they're not playing Texas. You didn't want to play a road game in the national championship. Eh. We've no, we've seen that way too yeah, many times I guess before. Have. I guess at, when LSU was playing, it'll be down in New Orleans, and you're yeah. like, "Whoa, what happened?" It's like, "Whoa, yeah. yeah." They cooked it up a little bit. So I, I brought up Connor Stallings because I do, I do think that this is going to be a. Do you think people are rooting against Michigan and Jim Harbaugh? Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh's way. not likable. No. Um, he's quirky. I think this Michigan team is kind of sort of likable, though, in the sense I, I think they're likable that they play a particular style mm-hmm. that is, and I, the the assistant coach saying "I love the shit out of you," like oh, that was amazing. I, I kind of like that. But they're also while they're likable, they're they're also to to borrow a phrase from Family Guy, uh, Peter Griffin, eh, they insist upon themselves. They do. So there's and the whole Michigan take, man thing. Yeah, it's only going to take them winning tonight for me to be like, oh, yeah. God, I, you're insufferable. I forgot. Michigan insists upon itself. You brought up like, yo, you know, I love the shit out of you, all that stuff. It was like as though Jim Harbaugh died. Right. He didn't, holding, he, up the, the, holding up the four at the beginning <laughs> of the season. Like, come on, the y'all. Man the- <laughs> he, got, he got suspended for reasons. We know why he got suspended. No, then, it was for a cheeseburger. No. And then, of course, the Connor Stallion stuff. Yeah, no, he, come on, man. You, you kind of understand what's going on here. I don't care if other teams do it. He was just being dumb about it. And I think that's what ultimately leads to Michigan winning in that sometimes... The Empire does win. Yeah. Although it is weird to me that we're sitting here talking about Michigan as though it's the Empire when when's the last time they won a national championship? Ninety seven. And was that a full national championship? No. It was, was a split. They should have been the national champs for sure. that year, but no, sure. it was a split. So it's been a long ass time since since Michigan has found that it's its place here. Yeah. So I, I think it's all all things are coming up, Michigan. And then the real also, injury, Bo Schembechler was their coach forever and never won the national championship. To me, the real the real drama begins after the game, one way or the other, because Jim Harbaugh is going to be a, a, attached to a bunch of different NFL jobs, sure. Panthers included. It'll be curious to see where he ends up. Yeah, I mean, I look at it and I, I, he could ride this thing off into the sunset, go back to the NFL. He could stay at Michigan. You know, I think they've offered him a significant raise, yeah. but it, under the conditions of you cannot negotiate another deal and mm-hmm. we need you to be committed to us. And the next thing was a four year window where you can't, you know, dally, have these dalliances with the NFL. Uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, I think they're set up, but I also think the big Ten's about to get a lot more difficult. Yeah. So you know, it's, it's up to him what he wants to do. I do think his brother has a real shot at winning another Super Bowl hey, this year. Just walk off, secure the bag with an NFL team. Maybe you'll be the next coach of the Patriots. Big thanks to Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority for sponsoring Ovias and Chilio. Check them out, bugsbite.com. Um, there's been a lot of rain. We've got more rain coming up this weekend. We're not getting snow. We're getting rain. Uh, you might find yourself discovering moisture in places that you should not have moisture. No, go get the moisture barrier underneath your house. Important. Uh, keep those mice away, too. Man, garage. Brutal. I got to get rid of them. Brutal. Easiest thing to do is go to Bugs Bite. Dot com because it's not just mosquito authority it's pest authority as well all kinds of deals on there and bundles bundle, bundle up and get all that protection that you need for your home at bugsbite.com let's get out of here on some hey joe questions i got out of oakwood pizza box on saturday so i went to oakwood they had like a 90 minute wait okay 
I saw Anthony. I said, Anthony, love you, but the kids ain't waiting 90 minutes. So I'll come back another time. He's like, no, I totally get that. That's great. Everybody was hanging out. Um, you can order online at oakwoodpizzabox.com or for the full experience, head on over to their location in uh, not downtown Raleigh, off of Person Street in Raleigh. All right, let's get to the YouTube, shall we? This is from last week's shows uh, from Andrew Joe. I'm assuming he's talking to me. I've listened to you talk to Adam and Jillio here for almost a decade. How did I How did I either never know or forget that you went to NC State? It explains so much. <laughs> what does it explain? I need more context. <laughs> by the way, by the way, at what point, at what point do people move beyond the well, they're just a couple state guys. When does that happen, Joe? Uh, I mean, for most normal people, yes. <sighs> Actually, it's a feature, not a bug. I mean, the whole thing is to understand this area yeah. and the dynamics of the area. Yeah, as we're seeing with Jim Phillips, he does not understand the dynamics no. of the ACC or really truly have an interest. In the ACC, yes, I I would agree with you on that. I so, think that per, that permeates itself in how things are discussed on the ACC network as well, uh, and who they decide to put on games and, and things like that. That's why when we see West Durham on the call, we get excited because yeah. here is a man who understands the ACC. Yeah, I'll say this about because I've been getting this lately. If if your reaction to what I say or what Joe says, if your reaction to any of our topics and how we go about things is well you're a state guy that tells me you cannot argue on the basis of what we're saying and all you're reduced to is well you went to school here and it's like y'all we're all grown-ass people <laughs> we're all like come on now every decision you make is based on the school you went to for four years well clearly clearly it's the only thing you it's the only thing that matters it's yeah. the only thing that matters but yes to your point we understand that so we navigate it, and we appreciate you listening, even if we might have gone to a school that you don't like. We love you anyway. That's what it's all about. All right, let's go to the YouTube Nothing Man. If there is a God, Wake Forest... <laughs> it's very existential very this morning. Existential. Huh? Whoa. If there is a God, Wake Forest would win the national title in hoops this year. That would teach the conference realignment money grabbers a lesson about what college sports is really about, Charlie Brown. Okay. What that getting players in the portal from Gonzaga? I was gonna yeah, say little Efton, old Wake Forest, Efton, little old Wake Forest getting Efton Reed, yeah, because you know Hunter Salas. Jeez, <laughs> this is it. Chris Paul coming from Winston Salem deciding from Joe, to stay home. as called by Jillio and Ovia. This is from the Daily Tar Heel last week. Linda's Bar and Grill, which announced a permanent closure earlier in the week, will not be shutting down for good. Linda Williams, the restaurant's founder and the owner of the building, and her daughter, Kim Scott, are working to find a new owner. That doesn't necessarily mean that Linda's is coming back, coming back. But yes, it, it, it looks like there was a little bit of a everything must go. I, I said there was some Glenwood furniture vibes you on this did. one, but not. I don't think it was nefarious. I think no. we've seen this with other restaurants before. It's like, hey, like we can't make this work anymore. Then you stay open for as many months as you can, but then you realize, like, no, it, this isn't sustainable. No, no. I mean, look, we've seen this. Happen. It's the hardest thing there is, right? Yeah. Grocery stores and restaurants. Yeah, like, dude. There's like phew. the margin for error on that stuff is really, really thin. And yeah, to, if we look at examples on Franklin Street, there have been some places that were institutions that moved. And we're never the same again. Or what we've seen on Hillsborough Street, you know, they reopen and it's just not the same thing. And then um, it is what it is. So anyway, 
hopefully things do work out for Linda's because more character on, on yeah. Franklin Street, the better. And more character on Hillsborough Street, the better. And we'll uh, we'll close the Hey Joe with this one from Rob. Pat McAfee <laughs> versus Norby Williamson sounds like the least entertaining wrestling match ever. Which uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna respond to this with a simple question: Do most people know who Norby Williamson is? Most? No, no. So <laughs> this is one of these. That's this, not the ESPN guy who had the cocaine problem. No, not him. No, no, not Never, him. Uh, that's everyone. That Skipper. That was Skipper. Okay, it's everyone. So I'm not going to spend. I'm not going to spend too much time on this because I do think that this is ultimately sports media navel gazing as a conversation more than you, anything else. You're also convinced this is a work shoot. If I am absolutely. I am absolutely convinced that this is a bit. Okay. It is. It is absolutely a bit because Joe, we have seen this. Time and time again, not just in ESPN history, but also just media history. Howard Stern, I don't want to, I don't want to say he invented it, but he certainly he perfected the art of underdog who fights management, and the audience radio underdog who fights management. Yes, radio underdog who fights management, and the audience absolutely look at this guy calling out his boss he's i wish i could call out my boss like that he's on the air telling this 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 wabc guy to go kick rocks i wish i could do that it's brilliant i'm not making fun of it no 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 it is brilliant it's the best way to connect with your audience if you're going for a particular demographic guy who's just kind of over it over his job Wishes the situation was sitting better. Sitting in traffic. Sitting in traffic. Mad that off. he's got to go to work. Yeah. And this this guy's sticking it what? to the man. I wish man. I could be like, oh, and he's got hot women coming to the studio. Amazing. There's been variations of this in media from that point on. Other radio hosts have tried that, sticking it to the man. Oh, yeah. But let's let's keep it specific to ESPN. There has been a long history of talent that butts heads with ESPN. Dan Patrick, Keith Olbermann. It goes all the way back to the big show. And Norby, by the way, part of that. They got upset that him, Stuart Scott, others became the show and not Sports Center. That is a tale we'll of We'll show old, you. That is a tale as old as time us. in this business. Yes, where management just thinks, no, I could replace you. It's our brand that people are tuning into, not you. And we know how history plays out. So. Bill Simmons did this, although mm-hmm. I don't think Bill Simmons ever actually called out an executive by name. Dan Levitard made his entire show's existence about fighting ESPN, and people rallied behind it. The call was coming from within the house. He's actually disrupting the, the network within the building in Miami. Now, Dan, by the way, anytime that Dan wants to get back in the news cycle, you know what he does? He picks a fight with ESPN. So, Pat is doing the exact same things that others before him have done, but where Pat is different and where I commend Pat is that he brings a little bit of a wrestling finesse to it. You got to remember this guy's background. Yeah. (laughs) You got to remember his background. He's got this wrestling finesse about him and it's impressive. So he's doing the same thing. When he went over to ESPN, he took criticism. Vince McMahon. When he came over, he took criticism from his fans. Like, Oh, Pat's sellout. not going to be he's a sellout, blah, 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 blah. They, that man got everything he wanted. He never had to move. They let him curse. He was wearing tank tops. He brought all his boys with him. He got everything he wanted. And we talk about this with NC State all the time, right? When you're the underdog, you know, you're, you know what's up. 
You know how to operate. But what happens when you're no longer the underdog? What happens when you've won? You, your thing won. Yeah. You brought your people. You secured the bag. Your audience is with you. What do you do? Why, why do you think every sitcom and movie is about the chase and not the ending? Right. <laughs> it's much you harder. Know, nobody knows what to do when it's ha happily ever so after. So the, the, the dog caught the tail. Now what do what to do? So that's where Pat is right now. He won. Now he doesn't know what to do. So it's not lost on me that he takes every little bit of criticism to heart. He went after the athletic. He's gone after Andrew Marshan. He's done all these things. He's openly said, well, you know, since you guys don't like me on game day, I don't know if I want to do it next year because I don't feel the love. He's now kind of finding ways to create that, that underdog mentality and going after Norby Williamson over a leak over ratings, which, by the way, ES, this is another example of ESPN bending over backwards to make you happy. ESPN did something they've never done before, Joe. And they talked about ratings. You know what they brought up? Not the linear stuff. Oh, they brought the linear stuff in there, which is not so hot. It's whatever. They brought up TikTok views. Hmm. They brought up YouTube views. They're saying, oh, well, you know, you have to understand that the game has changed and we have to, we have to account for those things. Now, when you're trying to sell TV ads, Nielsen doesn't give a shit about TikTok. Nielsen doesn't give a shit about YouTube. So you can you can drum it up all you want. They're kind of wondering maybe if this is not working out TV wise. But anyway, if you take any way anything from this conversation regarding Pat McAfee, he's not the first one to have the underdog thing. He's not the last one to have the underdog thing. He's not the first one to beef with the ESPN executives. He ain't the last one to beef with the ESPN, ESPN executives. It's how you turn it into content that makes it uh, different. How you differentiate yourself and. Salute to you, man. You look directly in the camera and you called an executive by name and you didn't get suspended? Not pig face, yeah. And you didn't get suspended? Dude. Broke the mold, man. Nothing but respect for Pat McAfee. That's going to wrap it up. We will see you Tuesday. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.